0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you choose to listen to this. Welcome to A Living Pieces of Me, a show where we have a guest come on to create a team It's not always about the best players, just players that have enjoyed watching growing up. I'm your host, Ali, and with me today is Ross again. How are we doing, Ross?
1: Good, mate. Thank you for having me on again.
0: Yes, it's, it's a pleasure. I'm sure Ryan's enjoying the break, so it's... It's good, and it always comes in handy, especially for for guests like this one, which is one of your own.
1: Yeah, I'll have a bit more knowledge about the players they're picking, probably. Hopefully, anyway. Uh, yeah, our guest today is uh, Michael Normanton. You may know him from the Squareball podcast or the Squareball Fanzine. Uh, big, massive Leeds fans. So hopefully, there's lots of Leeds players in this team. Michael, how are you?
2: I'm good, thank you. Yeah. I've- in my head, it wasn't too leads focused, but yeah, having looked through it, there's only three non-Leeds players in there. <laughs> so, but they're all there's nothing. There's no one too obscure in there. So, hopefully, other people will be able to at least remember most of these players.
1: Okay, cool. We've done a few podcasts this week where we had Peter Undler was in one of them, um, Alex Ray, remember Sunderland midfielder?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah we've and had
1: Matt, some in for the second time. Yeah, Voduka's made it into two teams. I'm hoping for a third here, but we'll see. Yeah,
2: well, I'll, I'll not, I'll not spoil it. <laughs> you'll, you'll see. <laughs>
1: Right, Alec, You uh, you lead yeah.
0: us So so, Michael. What formation did you pick for this?
2: Um, I've gone for a midfield diamond. So I've got like a holding midfielder, and then someone playing behind the strikers. Okay. So just a 4 a four four two. Uh, yeah, four four two with the with a diamond in I the know. middle. Just because I didn't want any, I didn't have any particular wingers that I wanted in there. So I've <laughs> gone for more central players who can play wide if they need to. Nice. Right. Let's start off with the goalkeeper then. Um, it's Nigel Martin. He's my goalkeeper. It's a very obvious choice for any Leeds fans. He's, I mean, I'm my era of watching Leeds, John Lukic was in to begin with. Yeah. Um, and I'm told he was good before I started watching him. But it was it was after they brought in the back pass rule. And he was basically just all over the place. And like by the time I started watching games, I wanted Mark Beanie in the team instead of him. <laughs> just because I really felt like he cost us loads and loads of goals. And then I'm going kind to of struggle to square that with when you read older stuff and everyone's saying, well, this... You know, brilliant keeper as he, he should be in the England team and stuff. Whereas yeah. the one I wanted was someone I basically just wanted out straight away.
1: The guy who was punching balls into his net against Rangers.
2: Yeah, that one and the one who just like when you when you consider the way we play now with playing out from the back and stuff, trying to imagine Lukic <laughs> grasping that would just be like absolutely terrifying. Like he, even when people used to throw the ball to him and he could pick it up, he used to look he used to look terrified. Yeah. So then we got Nigel Martin in, who was he came in in quite a well, probably the least entertaining season I've ever witnessed, which is the George Graham every game nil-nil season. Yeah. But the reason there were so many nil-nils in that season was because of Nigel Martin, basically. We sh- should have, by rights, probably lost five or six of those nil-nils by one or two nil, but yeah. Nigel Martin used to constantly keep us in games. Um, apart from anything else, he's just got, I don't know, he's got the sort of temperament I like in a goalkeeper because he's just, he always seemed very calm, but then there's, you get little glimpses of him being having a bit of that goalkeeper psychotic edge to him, and like, like he knows he could beat you up if he needed to, but he doesn't want to, and he's not gonna because he's because he's a nice fella, and it's not his it's not his game. But if you, if someone took a swing at him, you know he'd be able to absolutely flatten him. So I like it. I like <laughs> it. He's got that, and he's got a haircut that says I don't give a shit as well. He just had that that crap fringe, which was always good. Yeah, he so, did try to
1: style it occasionally. I remember like, a bit of a swept back look he had as well occasionally.
2: Yeah, because I think when we first signed him, on, when, when he was at Palace, it used to be swept back, didn't yeah. it? But he'd gone for the sort of home haircut fringe for <laughs> most of the most of the time. Yeah, so,
1: this league just yeah, just it, it, I'm not doing anything with this. Just cut it short and leave. Yeah,
2: it. I'm, paying, <laughs> I'm not, not paying more than four quid for a haircut. Just get it, just get it out of my eyes and it's fine. So yeah, I, I feel a bit sorry for Nigel Martin as well for not getting more England caps because he's mm. admittedly I'll fully admit there's a Leeds bias coming in here, but. Like I thought, certainly by the end of David Seaman's time, he should have been replaced. Like it, by the by the time Ronaldinho's shots going over him, yes. I think I think Nigel Martin is the better keeper by that point. Yeah. And I don't think he, I don't think he lets that shot in. Two
1: thousand and two, he should have been the number one, definitely.
2: Yeah, he was I the best
1: keeper so. in the country at that time.
2: Yeah, and I think I think had been for a couple of years to be honest. Seaman, mm. I, I did, I really liked Seaman. I think he's, he was a good keeper, and I, he seems like a nice bloke as well to be honest. Yeah. And a Leeds fan, so I could have yeah. maybe I could have maybe snuck him in on that premise, but um, <laughs> but no, I, I just think Nigel Martin at the time he, he should have replaced Seaman, but he was uh, kind of left in for continuity reasons.
1: Yeah, was what did you think to when we sold him? Because obviously we had Robinson and we had even Scott Carson kind of in the background
2: at the time. It, I didn't want to sell him. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it did make a certain amount of sense because Robinson looked really good. Mm. And the assumption with Robinson was that he was a young keeper and he'd get better. Whereas I don't think Robinson actually ever improved beyond his... Like, yeah. the, the keeper we saw at Leeds when he was in his early 20s was as good as anything he ever did. Like you'd, And by the by, his kind of early, mid-30s, he was not as good as he was at Leeds. So he, he kind of took the opposite route than most keepers. Yeah, I think
1: that's right. I mean, Nigel Martin's officially, I think, Leeds United's you know, greatest ever goalkeeper. There's not many, really. It's, it's a dodgy position in our history really isn't it we've had a lot of suspect ones especially recently as well
2: yeah I mean there's in my time there's no one no one even comes close I mean Kasper Schmeichel was I suppose fairly decent for a while for us Kasper Anker had some good games but also did loads of dodgy stuff. so <laughs> yeah. yeah Neil Sullivan I suppose was fairly steady when we first came down but yeah there's no one who's ever got near to, to Nigel for the some of the heroic stuff he did but also just been so consistently good yeah Ali Nigel Martin
0: yeah, I mean, again, I think I said it to yourself and Andrew on the podcast a couple of weeks ago mm. that Robinson's the one that always resonates with me as the as the lead keeper. So it's been quite interesting hearing you guys talk about Martin in such a high regard because I'm not sure he's thought of as highly outside leads and maybe Palace because the amount of games he had, you know, for them.
1: Mm.
0: Um, and that, as you guys say, he. He probably should have had more caps than he did because England were really struggling for goalkeepers at the end of the 90s and in the early 2000s. Seaman was nowhere near the level people perceived him to be. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I'm trying to think of even the English goalkeepers who were going about at that time. Yeah,
1: James, uh, so, James that couldn't catch crosses. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was, yeah, Martin was the best of the lot and it's 23 caps is nowhere near enough. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think in the late 90s, I think even like, people like Ian Walker were getting the odd oh, game yeah. as well when, when it should have been Martin all along. So, mm. Although I think I, th- I seem to remember him making the odd mistake in England friendlies and stuff, so maybe that didn't go in his favour. I'm not sure.
1: The England keepers or Leeds keepers tend to happen to them when they play for England, didn't it? Yeah, of course, still.
2: <laughs> Scott Carson won. Yeah.
1: That's a good start. Um, I'm intrigued to hear the defenders. Where do you want to start? Any hook position?
0: Yeah, let's take the left back post.
2: Left back, it's it's a non-Leeds one. I've gone for um, probably because Leeds left backs have historically been, um, <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to be kind and not say shit. We'll say sort of limited in yeah, certain areas. Like Ian Hart gave me a lot of nice moments watching free kicks and stuff, but he also gave me a lot of nightmares. Being yeah. being yeah. run at by Kieran Dyer and Solano and stuff. So um, I've gone for Stuart Pearce as my left back. Uh, he, he's getting in purely for Euro '96, to be honest. I, I did like him before that. Yeah, because um, he was—he just always seemed very he was sort of serious and hard, and I always liked that about him. But then, by the time it got to Euro '96, I really loved that tournament and that England team. Yeah, and I think that penalty he scored against Spain when he, he kind of did the punch in the air and oh, yeah. crying a bit thing. That I mean, I, I was admittedly only like, well, about twelve at the time. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of how football made me feel as well. Like I wanted to both cry and get excited <laughs> at the same at the same time. Um as you remember like post Euro ninety six as well, there was something about Stuart Pierce that captured the imagination, like me and my mates at school, like if you did like a, a bad tackle on someone or like a massive slide that you wipe someone out with, yeah. that was like known as a Pierce. So we'd like <laughs> it was one of those things. So and then as he got older I, I vaguely remember him trying to run off a broken leg as well. <laughs> I think I think when he was at Newcastle, he he kind of got off gone off the side of the pitch, and you could see him hobbling up and down, yeah, being like that, no, giving it the sort of I'll be like, just give me five minutes, I'll I'll be all right to come back on, and it turned out he'd like broken one of the bones in his uh, in his shin, <laughs> so, I mean, admittedly as a manager, he's had um he's had his failings, hasn't he? But yeah. uh, and he's done a few dodgy adverts and stuff, but for that period of, I absolutely loved him.
1: He's started this for in nineteen seventy eight.
2: Yeah, That's he's got nice. a nice. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's just been, he's been around forever as Stuart Pearce as well I think that's one of those things he's like from the earliest football I yeah. saw right through to now he's he's always been there in some respect so he's a nice bit of continuity for me
1: yeah he was fantastic um, that that's kind of the Newcastle and Forest kind of periods The well he was at Forest for 12 years in the end but yeah I remember him a lot at Newcastle yeah that part of when they signed all the old guys I think they signed him and Barnes and Rush it was a really
2: weird yeah term, but
1: Solid professionals un- to
2: control it. And unlike Rush, he could actually still do it but <laughs> when he was like in. I mean, I, I think he played beyond Rush. I think he played till he was about 40, he did Pierce. He kind of went on forever. Yeah, his
1: last game
2: uh, was but... 2002. Yeah, so wow. ridic- ridiculously long career. Yeah. So, deserves a space for that, if nothing else.
1: I what are your, your memories of Stuart Pierce?
0: Yeah, the same as you, Ross. You know, the, the latter part, he's for his career. Um, Newcastle I don't remember the West Ham the West Ham period um, obviously he's most probably I think he, the most pictures you'll see of him is in his, in his city kit mm. just because of the, the club that they are um, but I think the, the the England memories is probably what most people will remember him for right you, you mentioned the, the penalty then you've got the missed penalty and the, the retribution for him and he's just one of those you know just you know, heart on your sleeve. Maybe that typical England nineties mentality.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, um, and that kind of sums him up perfectly. And it's just, he always comes. Uh, his manager's career, obviously, he's not been not been great, but he just always comes across as a very just upfront, honest guy. Well, we'll, we'll end up there on Pierce. Um, what about your
2: right back? Who's your pick there? Uh, I've gone another Leeds one. I've gone for Gary Kelly. Oh yes. Uh, Um, I think he gets in as much as anything just because he covers pretty much all of my eras of watching Leeds. Like when he first, when I first started going to games, he was probably early 20s, maybe even still a teenager, just getting into the team. There was an awful lot of hype around him because we'd we'd converted him from a striker weirdly, which having Mm. seen him, having seen him play in the goals he scored through, well lack of goals he scored (laughs) through his career, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought, but he was, he was incredibly quick. And he was, I suppose at that time as well, the overlapping fast fullback was a, a, had a bit of a novelty value to it, like a lot of fullbacks just ran up to the halfway line and and just hit the channels. So having someone who was a bit more exciting than that was was really good. Yeah. As he got older, he, he had his injuries caught up with him a bit, and he became a little bit slower. But he was he was part of some really good nineties when sort of Brian Dean, Yeboah, Rod Wallace sort of era that you know, we know got into Europe a couple of times. So he was always part of that. And then he was still there through the Champions League era, although Mills was kind of in and out of the team. Yeah, with him sometimes. Uh, just actually on the George Graham era, he, he used to play him as a right winger or sometimes did George Graham because he used to like he used to like two banks of four as in two complete two complete defenses, one in front Brilliant of the other. Football, wasn't it? Yeah, he used to play Gunnar Haller and Gary Kelly on the right together and then <laughs> uh, Lucas Raderby in central midfield and it was it was bloody awful to watch. Um so he was there, but he was there through all that through all the Champions League era. Um, and then ultimately, it was a sad end for him, really, because he's he bowed out in our um, in the championship years, the the wilderness years that we've had to go through, and he even even had the indignity of being mentioned by Kevin Blackwell as the, which was a lie, but there was yeah. it was only me, it was only me and Gary Kelly here uh, at the start of this season and all that. So yeah. there's, there's, I can't find any way of actually checking the stats on this, but I, thinking about it, I suspect Gary Kelly is the player I've seen the most in my life as in actually witnessed in the flesh.
1: Yeah, it must be. He came into the team properly 93-94 and was there bar one season until oh six, oh seven.
2: Yeah, so I can't think of anyone else that I would have seen even even close to this much. So he gets in for that.
1: <clears throat> I forgot he played almost well, two and a half full seasons in the Championship. I thought kind of that first year was the end of it, but play played the whole second season. I thought we'd kind of transition to Fraser Richardson by that time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think... Well, Fraser Richardson. I remember he scored in our first game out of the Premier League. So I don't know if Kelly was injured. And we we basically had a load of crocked players who we couldn't get rid of at that point, didn't we? We had, we had Kelly and Lucas and Seth Johnson, yeah, uh, Eric Bakker, and they were all like on on pretty high wages still, and we just couldn't get rid of any of them as much mm. as we'd as much as we still consider you know Gary Kelly and Lucas Reddy to be, and Bakker to an extent to have been good servants and in some ways legends, some of them. But we yep. did sure want rid of. Roll on, an absolute fortune
1: I suppose that second season the championship was when he scored that goal against Wigan in the FA Cup
2: yeah it will have been yeah that I was um be. yeah I guess it will have been I, I watched that in a pub in I was living down in Oxford at the time watching it in a pub in Kiddlington with one of the one of the Leeds fans I think we're the only people in the whole <laughs> pub watching this watching this game on a telly at the corner we both like started legging it around the pub as I hit the net it was it was such a rare moment but I suppose Given it's down there, weren't many Leeds fans around. So, no. True. Well, I don't think any Wigan fans live outside of Wigan, do So, <laughs> not many live in Wigan either. <laughs> so, yeah, but I've got some good some good memories of Gary Kelly. Yeah, he was the right back. For,
1: he was my lead right back. Really, I, I never really took to Danny Mills. He was he was a fine player, but yeah, I've I always wanted Kelly to be there more than Mills.
2: Yeah, I think until probably Luke Ayling. Yeah, he's probably been, been my favourite Leeds right back. I would say. Yeah. I struggle a bit with Kelly because of how it ended, and there was a bit of that feeling towards the end, like, oh, could you not just leave and yeah, just, save contract. Us, just save us some money? But you know, can, can we honestly say we'd do that? I guess if someone had <laughs> agreed to pay twenty-five grand a week, you're probably going to want it, aren't you? Yeah, to the very bitter end. Ali, what do you remember of uh, Gary Kelly?
0: Yeah, again, on on a specific, specific games or anything like that. Not very much more for his his international career, I suppose. Hmm. Um, just just synonymous with that Leeds defence for me I mean I mean 84 I was born in so say I started paying attention properly you know 94-95 yeah. English football um, or English football out with Liverpool anyway
1: mm.
0: um, and yeah he was there right throughout as you mentioned he was still I didn't realise obviously kind of stopped paying attention to, to Leeds when they went down yeah. you know at the time the championship wasn't as as glorified as it is now Um so it's it was strange to see like how players like that were still playing. But I guess it's probably because it was the latter part of his career mm. why he didn't want to just. You'd imagine if he had been five years younger, say, would know, quite happily just cancelled his contract because he knew he could go and get one at another Premier League team. Whereas yeah, the money he was on as much as he probably did love Leeds, he still wanted that you know financial security for his family. Uh, and a lot of politics because he wasn't going to go on and do much else. I guess um, doesn't make it any less better for you guys, obviously. But
2: I mean, I'm not saying bitter about Kelly because it wasn't like Seth Johnson where he'd come in and like done nothing for us and, and then was getting the money. Like he had had a lot of good years, but yeah, it's fair to say that by the end of his league's career, when he was he was still on about twenty odd grand a week. I think if he'd have tried to get a contract elsewhere, he'd have been on probably ten percent of that. Mm.
1: Yeah, definitely. He was He was only 32 when he retired, but he had so many injuries that kind of just niggled him. Was it a season with shin splints where he missed the
2: whole year? Yeah, and he seemed to have. He never was quite the same after that. He seemed to always be more injury prone. But he did start very young as well, though, so he still racked up a lot of games. Yeah, 531 altogether.
1: That's not bad. Um, that's your fullbacks. Who is at centre back?
2: Uh, Leeds, one to begin with. I've got Johnny Woodgate in there. What a pick. Um, just for being probably I mean to this day in any level I've seen, I think the best teenage centre back mm-hmm. it was unbelievable I think that he came in and did as well as he did. Because I think as a youngster to come in at full back or on a wing or maybe even up front or something, yeah. I think you can you can hide and you can get away with your mistakes to a certain extent. Centre back is so unforgiving mm. and you know you're gonna be up against some really tough competitors like in that in Woodgates area he'll have been up against yeah people like Alan Shearer, who were yeah. absolutely absolutely awful to play against. And somehow he never made it look like it was a problem for him. like his to watch him play, you would have guessed he'd probably had one hundred two hundred Premier League games behind him when he came into the team.
1: Yeah.
2: He's just so calm on the ball as well, like in his his reading of the game was incredible, like he knew exactly when to step out and and pick up a ball to intercept it and stuff. He was quite comfortable with it at his feet. Again, at a time when it was it was sort of coming in around this point, but at Leeds certainly we'd been used to defenders like before who were like people like Paul Beasley, who were like <laughs> very much in the just get it away yeah. mould. So to have someone that young coming in and looking like the you know such a classy defender was just amazing. He he didn't have any loan spells anywhere. He just went youth team, Premier League, no problem yeah, at all. Champions League. Yeah. Just took <laughs> the, took all those steps completely in his stride. Uh, and that he was part of obviously that you know, that Leeds team as well. We'd, we had all the young players in Smith and Robinson and MacPhail mm. and I mean Harry Kull probably needs to be in as well. He would have I mean I'll just say now, he would had he left Leeds in good on good terms, he probably would have been in this team because he was absolutely amazing. Um but unfortunately <laughs> he's uh he's dead to me now, which is a shame. <laughs> For two reasons, both of the way he left, and uh, obviously the Galatasaray stuff as well. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, I, Woodgate's another one, I suppose, that I feel should have probably got more England caps at the time. And if he'd got, if he'd had a different group of mates, probably would have done yeah. as well. I think he's the stuff around the, the trial and stuff that, that all did seem to knock him back, whereas Bowie was thriving under it. Mm. It did seem to knock Woodgate and. I don't know whether his injuries were related to his lifestyle as well, and obviously he was was going out a lot and stuff. It's it, whether if he'd looked after himself better, he would have not had those injuries and had a a better career. I mean, I say that as someone who's played for a lot of great teams. I mean, he, not admittedly not very successfully, but Real Madrid don't tend to sign players who are no good, do they? <laughs> so, and still had loads of good games at at Spurs and at Newcastle. So mm. to say he's um he was a lost talent is not quite true, but he wasn't. He didn't go on to be as good as I thought he would be. I thought he'd be our centre back for ten or fifteen years and get a hundred odd England caps, which didn't quite work out for him. or mm. us, sadly. No, not really. when he got sold, that was so sad. The day he got sold, I kind of yeah,
1: know, I was very much in the same mindset as what like, What's the
2: point of this, really? Yeah, <laughs> that was a... <laughs> yeah. He's the one that been he'd been told wouldn't be sold as well. Wasn't he? And then it was the big money came in. He's like, ah, yeah. Turns out, it turns out he is being sold. Sorry Nine about million that. Million as well. Yeah,
1: he got eight England caps in the end, but he should have had so many more. And it's a shame we never really got to see him properly alongside Rio because those two together were just—they are unbeatable. They were just fantastic.
2: Yeah. Rio Ferdinand, another one that could well have been in this team because he was—he was brilliant for the short time we had him. Yeah, and I remember him going off to the World Cup in two thousand two, and he looked. Incredibly good there as well, and mm. in fairness, almost too good because there was that feeling of like that's going to be it's going to be him gone. <laughs> his price Royking up every day. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. We had a Newcastle fan on the other day doing this as well, and he picked from Woodgate, and he also said he's the best centre back he's ever seen to play for his club, and
2: and he's seen Titus Bramble
1: <laughs> and and John Allen Boom Song. <laughs> exactly, he's got some uh, luminaries up there with him. But yeah, Woodgate, I think he just loved wherever he went. Borough fans love him I'm sure spurs fans love him as well and madrid fans maybe not for his debut aside but yeah the rest of his, his, his other games there he was pretty good so ali you must be a well.
0: yeah
1: I, I i said it to Dave, i think
0: this is a player who would have benefited been born 10 15 years later mm. um, with sports science coming in there might have helped you know manage the injuries better I, again as as uh, michael said about you know he's he's off field Antics. Mm-hmm. Sometimes don't help a player, you know, if you're not looking after yourself. And that's where the the, the the injuries come from, even if it's just niggles that can then progress. But he's talked about on the stages of, of, of Ferdinand Still, even with a lack of games, you know, very much like Ledley King esque. Um, just that uh, if you could ju- have him not train and just play, he was that. teams, mm-hmm. um, Easily one of the best, best centre backs I've seen. Uh, at that time, I mean, we we always talk about like the Italian defenders. offspring well, we've got guests on, positioning even the most picked and and uh, Woodgate definitely should be considered among some of them. Just that calmness on the ball that just didn't make a mistake. You know, as you say, I mean, get, forgetting the the Real Madrid debut. How many bad games can you say you seen Woodgate have?
2: Yeah, yeah, he was always just so consistently good, and I suppose on the Madrid thing as well. Like it's. I guess it, his time at Leeds was characterised by immaturity in a lot of ways, like the inter- not on the pitch, but the off-pitch stuff. But whereas, mm-hmm. I feel like getting the moves to Madrid, he did grow up a little bit and it, like he actually did make the effort to learn Spanish, at which a lot of players have gone over there and not done, like Gareth Bale and Mike Owen. I don't speak any at all, really, despite mm-hmm. him being there for longer. Whereas Woodgate did obviously throw himself into that and in becoming a manager and stuff, I, I feel, in a way, I guess a little bit proud of him that he's bettered himself <laughs> a bit because he's not... I don't think he's the idiot who would go out chasing his mates around to beat someone up now in the in town centre. You know, hes I like to think that he's improved himself.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a fantastic pick. And he's getting picked more and more as well in recent teams, which is really great to listen to. Just people wax lyrical about great Leeds players. Um, who is your other centre-back? Um,
2: not I've gone off Leeds on this. I've gone Fabio Cannavaro, um, who was mainly in my team because I... I went to most of the 2006 World Cup. Me and my mate took a uh, pretty much the full month out there to to go and see some games and stuff. And I managed to get a ticket for the final and oh. I remember him playing in that and being he was like I don't know, normally if you got a ticket for a World Cup final you wouldn't be excited to see a defender. Yeah. It'd be it'd be like well you know, from that same game, Zidane or someone that you'd be after you'd be looking forward to seeing but Cannavaro was just immense in that World Cup. Yeah. And I was just looking back at it I was trying to just Confirm this, I was right on this and not misremembering it, uh, but I found on um, on goal that says Cannavaro's performances during those four weeks in Germany were without question the greatest series of performances by a defender in an individual World Cup during the history of the competition. Wow. Which is quite a decent praise. so I think I remember, <laughs> I think my remembering as being quite good was, was accurate. And, I mean, and he was playing alongside Marco Materazzi in that team as well, who with the best one in the world, wasn't very good. He was <laughs> He was a unit and he was he did sort of nasty stuff. Yeah. But but I remember Matarazzi at Everton and mm. Alan Smith was absolutely torturing him in one game, so <laughs> he got I think he got sent off at, I think Matarazzi got sent off at Ellen Road because Smith basically just wound him up so much that he ended up just, just kicking him about the pitch and eventually eventually got sent <laughs> off.
1: I'm just looking on his Wikipedia, it says about that World Cup final, um there was a German attack and Canavaro out jumped per metasaka, who must have been over a foot taller than him. Win That's the, the weird
2: thing. Yeah, with Canavar he wasn't big at all. I think he's like he's like five nine or five ten or something. He's actually nine, yeah. he's remarkably short for a centre back. But yeah, he could he's he just had such an incredible leap on him that he could he could get above people. Yeah. Whereas you, you think back to us at Leeds when we've had people like Luba Mikulik, who was like <laughs> Monsters, almost man. almost an absolute freak of a <laughs> of a human, but just couldn't seem to get off the ground and used to regularly get out jumped by people who were you know about five foot ten. So. Yeah, if only, if only Mikulic could have had the uh, the jumping ability of was. Yeah, I remember him being linked with the Leeds job a few years back as well. And I yeah. just, I, even though I didn't know anything about him as a coach, I just wanted him because it's Fabio Cannavaro. Yeah, his coaching career has mainly been in China with a little
1: stint in uh, Saudi Arabia. So I'm, I'm sure he likes money.
2: Yeah, that's probably <laughs> yeah. it. But yeah, I just wanted him anyway because I was like, it's, it's Fabio Cannavaro. We can't not have him. Yeah, he's, he's exceptionally handsome as well, so he gets bonus points for that. Yeah, he is. He would look
1: very out of place on that bench alongside some of our coaches <laughs> we've had. But yeah, he won the Ballon d'Or 2006, FIFA World Player of the Year 2006. Just literally 2006, he won everything. Serie A Footballer of the Year, Defender of the Year, Italian Footballer of the Year.
2: One yeah, year it was. so... So he gets in for that, that one year. I guess I can't pretend I've watched an awful lot of Italian football <laughs> other than seeing him play for Italy, but I I do remember him being amazing in that.
1: Yeah, he's quite good on champion manager ninety seven
2: ninety eight as well. Yeah, a and, and a one oh two, I think, as well. Yeah. He's still yeah. decent on that.
0: That Parma team was just was golfy. Um yeah. I think the ballon d'or is pretty much all you need to say, really, isn't it? It's um like that. especially yeah. that era, you know, it's not like the nineties, say, where you know, it was much more, obviously the attacking side had much come into the game in the early early notice and um, Cannavaro just dominated everywhere. I mean, as you say, Ross, that 2006, even got his move to Real Madrid, which is the pinnacle really in, mm. that, in that era. That's the team you wanted to go to. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. um, I can't believe that he's not been picked more in this. Um, he's only been picked once before, Ross. Do you know who it was? That was me, wasn't it? It was
1: indeed. <laughs> I had him and Woodgate together as well. What a partnership those two would be. Nice.
0: Yeah, not many goals going past them. But, no, yeah,
1: I, I mean, I, I remember
0: the Parma days, the Juventus, I don't remember the latter Juventus stage when he left Madrid, but the, when he watching him at Parma and then watching him at Real Madrid, mm. it was just <laughs> levels above anybody. And as you say, he's five foot nine, so he should never be above anyone. <laughs>
2: I remember his reading of the game and stuff a bit like I was talking about with Woodgate as well like his reading of the game of knowing when to, to leave his man and go for the interception and stuff was just always seemed absolutely perfect like he would I, th- I think if him was a defender who didn't have to go to ground very much because he was just he was just well positioned all the time yeah
1: just stick a little foot in and just knock it away yeah fantastic that's a very very solid defence I'm intrigued to see who the defensive midfielder is I've got an, an idea who it might be who do you think it is? would it be a man that doesn't really like football? <laughs>
2: It's no, actually, it's oh. not. He he was nearly in. I've gone for Calvin Phillips. Ah, oh. well, he put him in there. He's not retired, unfortunately. Oh shit! I forgot <laughs> the rule. I forgot the rule. Oh no! Right, I'll have right. I'll go the other way then. Yes, you're right, David <laughs> Batty. <Okay. laughs> forgot that rule. Ah, oh, it's a shame. I was I was trying to fit Calvin Phillips in as a way of praising Bielsa.
1: Yeah, I keep wanting to oh. put Pablo
2: in all of mine, but unfortunately, he's still plays. <laughs> Oh God! Just check the rest of my list. I think the rest are it's, yes. Oh no, I've got someone else who's not right. Okay, it's fine. I can sub <laughs> someone else out as well. <laughs> Completely forgot that rule when I was uh, when I was picking it. Um, yeah, David Batty. Then why not? Um, I vaguely remember the first spell of Batty, and everyone everyone absolutely being gutted when he was sold is what. In truth, what I remember more than him as a player because he was he was sold pretty much as I the season I started watching Leeds. So. Um, I had to watch Carlton Palmer instead, <laughs> which was which was not as much fun. No. Um, I do remember second era Batty well though when he came back and he was he was kind of one of the early O'Leary signings and he was it was a real statement of intent there to to put him in and say we're bringing the the hero back. We're spending mm. a good amount of money on him. He'd gone on a, a really good career as well. He'd been. He won a league title yeah. at Blackburn, although I don't think he played that many games in that season. Actually, I think he would. Uh, I think he'd been injured and stuff. But yeah, he had a good. A old,
1: didn't he? He didn't want it. Oh, did he? Yeah, he says I want this. I've not played
2: enough. <laughs> That's exactly like, sort of, unlike uh, Kiko Casilla, who's there kissing his three Champions League medals, <laughs> yeah. having not having not touched a ball in any of them. But um, we had Ross Turnbull as well. Did that, didn't he? He had to uh, arrived as a, champ, a Champions League winner with Chelsea. Yeah, I having a mountain piece that is. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd take it as well, in fairness, but... <laughs> <Absolutely. it's>, uh, <laughs> you've got to, haven't you? If you don't get off one of those too often, so... No. Uh, but Batty, as you say, in in a way, in a weird contrast to the the player he was, off, the man he was off the pitch, mm. on the pitch, looked like he loved it.
1: Yeah.
2: And like he, was, like he absolutely lived for it and would be willing to die for it, whereas the reality off the pitch was that he wasn't that arsed, and he was like... Yeah. He was just pissing around, and he yeah. was... I remember hearing the stories about when he missed the penalty. I think it was Graeme Lasso on quickly Kevin. I think yeah uh, that that podcast when he, he was talking about after he missed that penalty against Argentina and there were loads of people all around him being like, "Oh, trying to get into saying, oh, 'Oh, you're all right, you know, it'll be all right.'" And he was just like, "Yeah, fine, not asked. <laughs> <laughs> just missed the penalty, go home now. Not not really, not really my business, is it? Go back to my caravan and uh, yeah, have one of those. just like just like perfect extra <laughs> extra week off. Yeah. So, but I think that. I think that spirit actually probably helps him. That that don't give a shit kind of vibe that he gave off. For anyone who's Leeds fans, I'll know this clip, but for anyone who's not a Leeds fan, look on um, YouTube for him playing against Sampdoria. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. It's a pre-season friendly, and he's just completely on the wind-up. I think he ends up being substituted because the referee tells him it has to be substituted. But Mancini's playing, and he's just kicking him and nudging him. And At one point, he pushes someone over the advertising boards. (laughs) And you do see him do a little wink at—I think it's a Gary McAllister—at one point. He, yeah. he sort of does a little, like you can tell he's just absolutely loving it, and it's completely meaningless game that he's just decided to wind him up in. Yeah. But it's uh, it's a an act of absolute beauty. He deserves to to get in the team for that reason alone, to be honest.
1: Someone did a deep dive on that. I think I sent that to you, Ali, before on maybe Leeds Live that they've gone in depth and like broken down the clip clip by clip and what battery was doing and how much he was getting on Mancini's nerves, and it's just it's, it's, it's a thing of beauty.
2: Yeah, I mean it'd be one thing if it was in a competitive match but at yeah. <laughs> like pre-season friendlies, they'd never have anything in them do they like this and it's just he just can't help himself and it's like he's almost relishing the fact that it's so meaningless mm. that he's going to get away with this stuff a bit more because he's like you can't get sent off in a pre-season friendly I can do what <laughs> I want here <laughs> and on, there's no like, it's not generally awful tackles or anything, he's just winding them up yeah. but it's uh, it's beautiful and I enjoy. I always enjoyed seeing him in the England team as well just it yeah. was good to have a leads representative in there. The player, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. even when Graham Taylor put him at right back. Yeah, odd one that one.
1: Uh, Ali, how much of David Batty do you remember? Yeah, I mean,
0: I mean, it's just uh, as we said, with Andrew, um, I, I remember the Blackburn spell well. Uh, obviously, we've been D- Doug who's been in charge. Uh, obviously, took notice of them quite a lot, and then I probably remember his, his second spell at Leeds just yeah. because obviously you're then more into more into football. Um, I didn't know the stuff about him not enjoying football sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as you say, you wouldn't have, you couldn't tell when he was playing. You know, it was just he, he seemed fully committed in everything he did. Um I always thought he was quite pivotal in that Blackburn league winning season. Um but obviously if he's missed more games than I remember, it's just the games I have seen him in. Uh, he was so crucial in. But I always thought he was quite pivotal in that midfield where Hey, uh, did
1: do do. Tim and Tim Sherwood, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Um, which, yeah, I mean, Tim Sherwood's won a Premier League trophy, just but <laughs> how Batty would have to be in, in that midfield. But I mean, yeah, he won the league with Leeds um, and then went to to and won it there. It's, I think, as we said before, there can't be too many too many English players that can say that they've won it with two different clubs.
1: Yeah. My mate actually bought a, uh, a lead shirt, the green and blue striped with Batty on the back. I think that was the season he was sold. And he, was, he had Batty four on the back, and literally the next day Batty was sold. going to do with this? So he gave it to me. I took it. I'll wear it. I don't
2: mind. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: wear that all day. That's not. A problem. I've got.
2: A, I remember. I've got the. I've got a QL shirt which yeah. you can't wear anymore. <laughs> and I, I had. Um, Immediately, I would wear this one again now. But I, I think it was the summer we sold him as well. I got a Hasselbank nine mm. on my shirt. Yeah, and then he then he left to go to Atletico Madrid, so that, that ruined that. And I couldn't wear that. I remember wearing that to a game with uh, I printed out a big pound sign and stuck it over his number as like a little <laughs> as a little joke to myself. So.
1: Nice.
2: <laughs> Get some use out of it. Oh, exactly. That's cheap. the thing. It, expensive, do aren't they? Those football kits yeah, it's like no. birthday, birthday and Christmas presents. Those. So I'm gonna make the most one of them
1: for a sixth birthday. Thirty quid.
2: Yeah. Excessive. So
1: scandalous. It is for a kid's shirt. Um. I'm intrigued to hear where the mid- midfield
2: goes from here. Then um, I've, I've chosen both my central midfielders. Well, because it's a, a midfield diamond, so I've chosen players who can go wide and pull inside. Okay. So um, first one on the right-hand side of it, I've got Lee Bowyer. Nice. Uh, I don't know if he's made it into anyone else's Leeds teams here.
1: Uh, just uh, Lufc stats, Andrew. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's. I just. I think of Boyer. I mean, when we signed him, I was. I was probably only like. Twelve, I think. So I didn't know or particularly look into his the stuff he did in McDonald's and stuff. Yeah. The the which is really actually quite bad. It doesn't reflect well on him at all when you read about what he actually did there, which mm. was attacking someone and shouting some unsavoury stuff at people. And it was it is genuinely like quite awful. Yeah. So I'm going to ignore that and pretend <laughs> and pretend I'm twelve again and just remember him coming into that team. And I suppose in in a way he was signed by Wilkinson. Then Wilkinson left. George Graham didn't particularly like using young players or attacking, so he, players. He, or attacking players. Yeah. <laughs> he was busy putting Gunnar Haller as a, as a right winger <laughs> instead. So I think of him as pretty much the embodiment of that O'Leary team, which was just the yeah. it kind of a very fearless approach. He, he seemed to thrive on upsetting people to a large extent and, mm-hmm. um, and he gets in there for for moments, I suppose. Like the the first massive comeback game I ever remember being at was Leeds 4, Derby three when we were th- we were three down after about half an hour, and it was Bowyer who smashed one in the 90th minute. Yeah, um, it was a real typical Bowyer goal as well. Like he was, I feel like a lot of his goals for Leeds were like this, where he was he was kind of, cause he was always box to box, but running onto a ball, mm. kind of around the edge of the box, and just lashing it into the top corner. Yeah. So that was for ages that was my favourite ever Leeds game because it was. I didn't know that could happen, if <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, you go 3-0 down, you just lose. Well, Whereas that well. was, yeah, exactly. So that was that was one of my favourite early moments of, of watching Leeds. And then the later one the moment was the AC Milan goal, which yeah. is not even a good strike. Like, it was an abysmally wet night. Like, you couldn't play any decent football on that pitch because it was so wet. Yeah. But just that feeling of seeing that ball... F- spilling through his hands and just trickling over the line as he yeah. dropped it. it was just just glorious. And I was in the family stand at that time because I was, was stuff like a teenager and going with my dad. And even in the family stand, just like absolutely <laughs> took off when <laughs> that when I hit the net. So the images of that night,
1: looking back, like a, a dark Adam road just lit up with the floodlights, and then the, the rain coming down, and Barry running off to celebrate. It just, it's amazing.
2: It, yeah, you can, you can see how wet that because even even though this is kind of the lightweight shirts, you can mm. see this. Absolutely stuck to them because it's just rained so much. Yeah. Um, we, we probably can't leave it without mentioning the whole uh, Woodgate Bowyer controversy. I feel like, I feel I feel like I've uh, put together a bit of a team of wrongins here, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean Bowie, I feel like in a way Bowyer got a lot more stick for that incident than Woodgate did because, yeah. which I think was pretty much down to his the way he was on the pitch and the fact that he didn't seem to give a shit about it. Yeah. Like he would just he was in court one minute and then an hour later he was. Being brilliant for us and scoring key goals, whereas Woodgate, it did seem to affect him, and he didn't. I don't. He, he definitely hid in the shadows a bit more than Woodgate. Whereas Bowie was like, he seems to take it as a, so what. This is me. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna score goals. I'm gonna score even more goals, and I'm just yeah. gonna be even nastier when I play because you're just gonna have to. And everyone's gonna have to deal with it. Yeah. So
1: it's a shame that the, the, the whole thing it really it ruined his what one cap for England. That the player he was at that time. He was better than Frank Lampard at running onto the balls ears of the box and smashing him into the goal. Like he should have been that player, but yeah, the off-field stuff kind of cost him an England career, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I suppose there's other questions about his attitude as well around that time because he he had a move lined up to Liverpool, didn't he? Which yeah. Hulier pulled out of, and then he ended up we ended up getting like I think that was maybe for nine million. Then I think we ended up getting about hundred grand or two hundred grand or something from West Ham because he was yeah. nearly out of contract. So it was it was a sad end the way he left. But he's one of those that I think when we look back on him now, we generally have good memories of him, despite the fact it was falling apart. Because in, essentially, the whole club was falling apart then yeah. as well. So it's <laughs> it's harder to blame individuals for thinking, "Yeah, I don't really fancy this."
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, who's your other kind of central slash wide midfielder?
2: Um, I'm going for Gary Speed on oh, the other nice. side of him because I think he'd against one who can play play centrally, can play on the left. He can play anywhere. I think could could speed. I think that's the sort of player he was. He was just an un- unbelievable professional. Yeah. Um. He could. He was brilliant in the air, which people sometimes overlook as well. Mm. Uh. He could. He could dribble. He could shoot. You could rely on him to defend a corner. Um. And I think he needs a bit more of a calm head alongside uh, Lee Bowyer <laughs> in the middle. I think he can. He can look after that midfield and probably yeah, keep Batty under control a bit as well. Speed's so, my absolute hero. He's my boyhood favourite and.
1: Yeah, even when he went to Newcastle and Everton and even at Bolton, he was still just a fantastic player. I think we saw when although when he sadly ended his life, the 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 tributes from all the clubs he was at, he was just a hero for everyone
2: he went to. That's the thing, I mean, he's. I've looked at his stats and he played 841 appearances across, across all his clubs and like you say, no club he played for has got a bad word to say about him. He's... He's, he's like the anti-Michael Owen in that respect. That it's like everyone comes together and like, what was Gary Speed like for you? Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Never put a foot wrong. Did exactly as he was told. Like it just would do whatever job he had to do and mm-hmm. do it well. Um, and I think that it was a really strange time when he died. I don't know. We'd just finished a magazine pretty much. I think it was due to go to print on the Tuesday or something. Yeah. And I think the new did the news land on a Sunday. I can't quite remember. I, was,
1: yeah, I remember waking up from a night shift. And my wife texted me just saying Gary Speeds died, and I was like, "What? I don't. What is this? Am I still asleep?"
2: Like, yeah, it was. It was such a and having to put because obviously the whole magazine had to be like torn up and started again, more or less. So we yeah. just that whole thing, the whole experience of putting our own memories down and then receiving loads of stuff from other people as well, and mm. you know, even some of the little tales that have. Come out well at that time and since as well about like the fact of him giving people lifts places and just being a, a thoroughly nice fella as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one tinged with well, probably more than tinged with like overwhelmed with sadness, really. Is Gary Speed because it's yeah. it's such a such a shame what happened, but I think equally that that happening has been a quite a turning point in a lot of things, like in the way that certain I've certainly seen it amongst Leeds fans mm. talk about. Mental health and stuff. I think it's uh, it's brought it out into the open a lot more than it, it ever was.
1: Yeah, definitely. That image of McAllister, Strachan, and Batty on the pitch in tears just breaks me every single time. It, yeah, that sh- shouldn't that shouldn't ever happen. That, sadly, it I think th- seeing, ba-
2: but- seeing Batty there in particular was I found really touching because yeah. for the sheer reason, like we said about him turning down his medal, mm. Batty doesn't do stuff like this. Like he didn't he didn't go to the Centenary dinner recently because he That's didn't f- want to. It's <laughs> just like it's not his thing. Whereas he knew that he, he knew that mattered, that. so he was like, "Yeah, I'll be there for that. Nothing else. I don't want to be there for legends' games. I don't want to piss around <laughs> talking in the talking in the suites and doing corporate events. Not bothered about that. But he was my mate, so I'll be there for that." Yeah, that's brilliant. Ali, you must remember Gary Speed. He was Premier League legend.
0: Yeah, uh, the Newcastle days. Obviously, I don't really remember. Mm. He's synonymous in a lead shot, which is strange. Like in my head, I always see him in a lead shot. I don't He's remember. Floppy hair. Yeah, um, obviously the, the Newcastle time and then Bolton. Mm. Um, that's where, obviously, he was on TV every week. Um, but again, I think he's obviously watching for Wales, well, but for me, was... Uh, I'm pretty sure Craig Bellamy was playing for Liverpool at the time um, that Gary Speed uh, passed away. Um, and just hearing Bellamy, like you mentioned, like a player like uh, Batty and his yeah. reaction, you know, Bellamy's well known for being basically a little dick yeah. uh, and and he was he was distraught um, so m- my biggest takeaway from anything at Gary Speed was was Bellamy's reaction how he was and then, then Bellamy's performance funnily enough on the Monday night mm. um, we played Chelsea on the Monday night Chelsea booed the whole minute silence um, and, well yeah and basically Bellamy like was he said it in his book as well? He just basically took that as like the biggest insult, and he took it so personally. Yeah, he decided mm-hmm. to have the game, and I, I think he scored scored twice. he had scored twice, or he scored one and assisted one. But you will never find a better Craig Bellamy performance.
1: <laughs> Fueled by it, remember seeing Shay Given in tears on the pitch, like trying to play after the minute silence. It's really sad, but what an absolute player he was. Like you say, Michael, what a header of the ball coming off that left wing.
2: Yeah, and I think just like I don't think we'll see, uh, given how squads are rotated these days, mm. just I don't think the sheer numbers and the length of career he had will be matched for a long time. There, I think he's he's probably the last of that generation who are going to clock up eight hundred odd games in the career. I think these days it'll be more common for players to be retiring on five hundred.
1: Mm. Eighty eight to two thousand and ten playing career,
2: ridiculous. <laughs> That's
1: a long time.
2: Wow, uh, attacking midfield. Then I think. Um, I've got Matt Latissier in there Ooh. as a as a bit of um, nice. a, a bit of a left field choice, but yeah, just one of those. I'm kind of trying and ignore his recent Twitter behaviour, where he seems to be posting some slightly off the wall stuff about COVID nineteen. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's talk about him as a, as a footballer instead. <laughs> just one of those players that I feel like when I was growing up, I didn't I didn't even have Sky until I was until like the late nineties. So a lot of my football watching was match of the day Mm. and he was just always doing something on match of the day was was Southampton even if you only got the goals of Southampton it it was one of the the lesser games he'd normally be cracking one in from 30 yards on it and it'd be worth seeing and he was always in it seemed like every month goal of the month he had one in there Mm -hmm. so he was one of those players that I just loved watching and he's the sort of as you when you're young he's the kind of player that captures your imagination because he is doing things that you know that no one else is I think he even I think he even had a goal applauded at Ellen Road once I can't quite remember the details of it but I'm sure I'm sure there was something he once scored against us either home or away and the Leeds fans were sort of like oh okay <laughs> that's deep that's decent fair enough which is a very rare thing to happen um I think as well from that era like he's the fact he stayed with Southampton I, I quite like as well which I mean you could say it's a lack of ambition on his part or whatever but yeah. you know having seen throughout his career having seen people like Hasselbank and um, Kewell and people out like jumping ship to have someone like Letitia just go you know what I'm happy here yeah. this is this is what I'm gonna do it might have been because if he'd gone elsewhere they'd have made him run and do some of the nastiest <laughs> stuff and I think he quite enjoyed just picking up a decent salary while being able to do exactly what he wanted but I mean he kept that Southampton team in the Premier League for years as well because they were always terrible and then yeah. Until I think they had, a, they had a couple of all right seasons where they got like Pahas and um, it was the other striker they got, uh, the other Norwegian yeah, fellow who was stand. Austin Stad. Yeah, they had, they had a few in the end who were all right but like I remember that Southampton team just generally being full of terrible players yeah. plus Matt Letizio <laughs> and their, their plan was basically just give it to him and let him score. Yeah, I live on the south coast
1: and he is an absolute hero around the, the local areas apart from the Pompey fans obviously they hate him but... Yeah, he was an absolute. He just scored goals for fun, like really, really good goals, flicking up free kicks and just volleying them in. And that that chip against Blackburn, I think, could have been probably Tim Flowers in goal, about 40 yards.
2: Yeah. Uh, Tim Flowers sort of does like a. He starts jumping for it, then he kind of. He just pulls out halfway because he's like, nah, nowhere near. Absolutely nowhere near this. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) So, yeah, it's. um, I think as well, another one I think who should have got England caps because I think he did get a handful, but. If he'd got a move to, if yeah, if I mean, if he'd taken the move to Man United or Liverpool or somewhere, you'd you'd probably be looking at 40 or 50 England caps for him. But I think staying in Southampton probably didn't do him any favours on that in that respect.
1: No, apparently Chelsea made a ten million pound bid for him in nineteen ninety five, which that's a lot of money for ninety five. That's a hell of a lot. (coughs) Ali, Letizia.
0: Yeah, I think um, the biggest takeaway is is the international career or lack thereof. And again, we, we've mentioned about a few players now, Ross, especially in, in our shows, that it's where the FA go wrong because the, the, they're too busy looking at the top clubs because of the notoriety yeah. rather than players who can, who can do the job and do a role. Matt Letizia was, you say it about a lot of players, but he was like that Rolls Royce player. Mm. He's a player you build a team around, you don't worry about the running and the tackling and stuff like that. If you've got a player with the ability that Letizia has, just build the team around it and let them stick to his strengths, hide the weaknesses as such. I mean, the penalty record's ridiculous. The the yeah. goal, you say, regular in goal of the month, goal of the season um, competitions, the, that chip was outrageous. I, I would have rather you not mention who the goalkeeper was because it kind of takes credibility away from the goal. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like that was, it wasn't even a, like a standout goal, if you know what I mean, because, Goals like that from him were like part and parcel of what he came with. Yeah. If, if any other midfielder or, or even attacker scores that goal, you know, you you could understand why you would wax lyrical for years, but yeah. because this year done it, you're like, I'll probably do it again in a couple of weeks, don't worry about
1: it. Yeah, just the standard as yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely a <laughs> player that was kind of built for that FIFA generation. You know, as you mentioned, like the flick up free kick and just shooting from whenever he got the ball. He he, he was kind of like the first of that. You know, just didn't run very much. Just give him the ball and just let him do the rest.
1: Yeah, that's the midfield. Dunn, yeah. It's combative with a lot of uh, guile and a new skill from Matt Letizia. I'm intrigued yeah. to hear these strikers.
2: Um, I've gone for, speaking of the spectacular goals, it's uh, someone who's probably made it into Leeds teams before, Tony Eboa. Oh. Gets in there for, uh, as I mentioned, my, my first strikers at Leeds were Rod Wallace and Brian Dean, who I got a lot of time for, still really, really like watching both of them play. I think people used to give Dean a bit of stick because they didn't used to think he scored as many as maybe he should. Because I think he, he scored a lot more at Sheffield United. Yes, yeah. they'd, but they, you know, they had a different style of play. and Maybe played to his strengths a bit more. But so I did like both of them. But then this guy arrived, <laughs> and it was just like nothing I'd ever seen before. And at, at the time, I was again. I suppose it's those childhood memories you have of football. It's in a way a lot more simplistic than than they are now. Like you, I think you tend to probably see a, a bit more depth in players and maybe judge what they do off the ball and stuff a bit more. But yeah. like Tony Eboa just turning up and scoring goal after goal. And I think he's known for his the big goals, like the Liverpool one and the the Wimbledon one, where he's absolutely twatting it in from. 25 yards at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. But if you look if you look through his other goals as well he could do absolutely everything like he he did that's not all he was like he could dink it over keepers when he was one on one he could go around players he could he could know he knew when to side foot it in as well if that was the best finish. He, he had a really good leap on him as well again for someone who wasn't that big. Was actually pretty strong in the air as well so he was a complete striker and he didn't score that many goals for Leeds it looked, it only 32 goals for us because he wasn't here for very long. But the period he was, and the goals he scored in there were just absolutely unbelievable. So yeah. he gets a, He gets in for that alone, and as one of those childhood inspirations, not that you could ever aspire to be anything <laughs> like Tony Boa, but like it's the goals that you try and recreate when you Everyone go to the park with that. your mates. Exactly, it's a, and you never do it because realistically, you can't hit a ball at you know 100 <laughs> miles an hour when you're 13. <laughs> but, I mean, as well, both of those goals—the Liverpool one and the Wimbledon one—were both with his weaker foot. Which is ridiculous. I, which is in. Someone told me that not long. I've only recently learned this. Someone said he was left-footed. I was like, but those goals with his right foot. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I'm like fucking yeah. <laughs> hell. I would like. I can. I can only. I can just about side-foot a pass with my left foot. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for him to hit, take, like, to even conceive a volley in a ball with my left foot, I find, I find terrifying. Mm. So for him, for him to be able to take it on his weaker foot like that is. Just unbelievable. There's a if, again for any non-Leeds fans, Leeds fans will know more. But look on YouTube for a video called Tony aboa Leeds United, um, all 32 goals because there's there's such a great variety in there. I remember
1: one against was it West Ham, we volleyed it from inside like, almost the 12 yard area and just yeah, took the roof off the
2: net. I think it it probably Ludik McClosco in net I think, yeah. and it's it's one where he just sort of stands there and sort of shrugs <laughs> in a kind of like that's not fair what we're going to do with that it's like it's like when you're a kid and the grown up comes and like blasts one at you and you're like well I'm not going to save that am I yeah, Christ, Christ.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah and that's one of his that's not a goal that's ever ever replayed as far mm-hmm. as I can tell it's probably something that's only known to Leeds fans so and also there's the hat-trick away at Monaco as well worth seeing that because they, they're all really good goals as well so yeah not, didn't play for Leeds for a very long time 32 goals is actually not that many but they were all brilliant
1: yeah I think they all were absolutely amazing and yeah it's kind of the way he ended for his shirt at George Graham's not the best way but I mean George Graham
2: never George, really wanted to play him did he? No he, George Graham was playing Ian Rush on yeah. a regular basis it was at that point when it's like can't we just I know he's not fit and maybe he's not trying but like he's a good he can still score goals I'm sure he can and Ian Rush is the best one in the world he's never going to score no. so just play him for God's sake
1: and terrible for this
2: he was so bad. So I, I, I'm aware. Ian Rush at some point was a brilliant footballer, but <laughs> God, he was so bad for us. Like I can't, I, I can't explain how much I hate him. <laughs> as a result of his, as if having to watch him for a full season.
1: Oh, it's trund- trundling around. Do we have Mark Hatley as well? Was that at the same
2: time? Yeah, and I think Lee Chapman came back for around that time as well for a little spell. Oh, yeah. Um we brought some... him back up. Yeah, it lasted about 25 minutes.
1: <laughs> Ali, you must remember Tony Uboa. Just for the goals, <laughs> as
0: you mentioned, like there's there's not a bad goal in them. Um, the Liverpool one didn't happen, so we'll skip past <laughs> that. One. The Wimbledon one was was phenomenal, um, and it just seemed so natural from, wasn't it? I, I, the biggest takeaway is always remembering, like me and all my mates, trying to replicate the goals. Yeah. Um,
1: I like the Wimbledon oh, because he seems to almost lose control of it a little bit, and then thinks, "Oh yeah. fuck, mate, I'm just going to smash it
0: as hard as I can." He just got fed up of running, didn't he? he just <laughs> he wasn't a runner; he didn't like, you know, running and behind. He, he liked his positional sense and the ball landing because there wasn't there couldn't have been many players with a better strike at the time. Nah. It was just like, ah, no, nah, I'm not going any further. Let's just yeah. smash it here. We'll put it in the top corner, and then already close to the halfway line, so we can go back. <laughs> Um, I can't believe he's the first person picked from all you Leeds
2: fans so far.
1: Yeah, he's the first uh, first player we've had you are on the show. We've
2: uh, we've had strikers who've been better for longer, but I think for that period there was there was a probably about a nine month period where you genuinely wouldn't have swapped him for anyone in the world because every week he scored and they were always just amazing to watch. So he was also he also deserves some credit for his dress sense as well because he's a, you can ever find pictures of. him off the pitch he wears some amazing stuff some outrageous like <laughs> checky patterns and stuff so there's also a picture of. Him. I, i'm just trying to find i've been trying to find it on We're google UK, now I can't. Uh, no i was trying to find what there's one of him signing a child's head <laughs> what? like he's it, it's, yeah someone's um i think it's in i think it's in the west stand i think it's when he's obviously having his signing, but his picture's taken but yeah there's just there's a child there just offering up the forehead for him to sign so
1: <laughs> amazing he's probably got that tattooed now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a player. What an absolute striker. I I was close to picking Yeboa, but I went for Viduca in mine and people have picked Hasselbank over Yeboa as well. So. Mm.
2: There's lots Hasselbank, of Hasselbank was when he came around he almost felt like we'd got Yeboa back. Yeah, I can hit it hard. Yeah, 'cause he had a he had a massive arse and a big shot on him, so <laughs> it it kind of it just reminded you of the of those glory days. Yeah. So who did you, who did you have as your other striker out of interest? Uh, I had Ronaldo and Del
1: Piero either side of Big Mark Viduca.
2: Wow, that's uh, that's very attacking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went through it's it.
1: A, my
0: reaction as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I um I must admit when I was putting this together I struggled to not go full Garth Crook's team of the week and have <laughs> like Thierry Henry and Ronaldo and uh, <laughs> Viduca all players like can can ronaldo do a job at left wing back <laughs> probably <laughs> to squeeze people in That's uh, a good enough can play anywhere yeah i think i've gone i think i've gone for a team that could actually function just about
1: yeah you've got you've got a set formation there with players that fill roles um, you've got one more player to finish the first eleven off uh,
2: my other striker is jemain beckford oh yes so thankfully it's just recently retired so he can go in there yes um yeah my days of watching Leeds when we were actually decent mm. the the downside was always that we never actually did anything like we came near to doing stuff we had good seasons in the league where we finished third and fourth we had yeah. some decent cup runs like the european runs of the uefa cup and the champions league were both absolutely brilliant but we never we never actually did anything that i could celebrate properly because it was mm. never like you've completed this bit so yeah. therefore you can have a, you can go out and get properly pissed and go crazy about this. And I know it was only League One, so it shouldn't really count. But <laughs> it's where we were, and we've been stuck there for years. And Beckford was the man who got us out of it. So for that reason, it would be for that reason alone, in truth, just the, the Bristol Rovers goal. Mm. But then in that same season, he also scored the winner against uh, Man United in the FA Cup, which I know is slightly... I suppose that counts as slightly what I just said about it not being an end... In like not a trophy win or anything, but given the way we were at the time, yeah that essentially it almost counts as a cup final for us because it's you know never again we'll be the the situation will never be reversed, will yes. it? it's what I'm, the way I'm thinking of it like we'll it's very unlikely we'll ever play scum as champions of England with them in league one yeah. like it was the odds were so far in their fa- in our with their favor, sorry that it seemed impossible that we'd win there so for for Beckford to do it. Mm. I know it sounds pot, but it felt like a trophy to win to win there that day because it almost was the point of winning that. It was almost like, well, next round, who even cares? (laughs) Like we've done, we've done this. We've had, we've had the day of it. That's absolutely fine. He scored that penalty against Spurs in the next round, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Like the amount he got. uh, I don't know your memory of it, but like he wasn't that popular at Leeds at the time. I feel like I I feel like now everyone agrees he was loved. And he wasn't at all. People used to slag him off a lot.
1: Yeah, because he didn't run around a lot. I think he didn't do the work. He just scored the goals. I'll, I'll take the goals any day.
2: Yeah, exactly. He was like the opposite of Bamford in yeah. <laughs> in many ways. Yeah. But he, and he scored loads of different goals as well. Like he, again, he was another one who didn't. You think of him as being a, a striker who plays on the shoulder because he was quick. But he scored. He could do everything. He was. He scored quite a few from distance. He was pretty good in the air. Um, normally I think the best
1: one was that Scunthorpe one where he cuts in from the right wing and just whips it in with his left and
2: it, yeah, it and flies he, into the goal and there was the one where he there's the I think he's a hat-trick against Chester in the League Cup there's what there's a, and against, he was playing against Paul Butler as well which was nice <laughs> in that one so you got to show him up as uh, yeah. the fat, fat message well he was at Leeds and got even fatter <laughs> so seeing him seeing him put those three in but there are some really good finishes in there as well um, so yeah I think the variety of goals he could score and He's just the man that you would want in those positions. Bizarrely, his two most famous goals for Leeds are both actually quite scuffed finishers. They're not, they're not classics by any means, but mm. you know, he gets the job done. Yeah. And I suppose a bit like Stuart Stuart Pearce, he's got that thing of having come from non-league. You know, when we signed him, he was still working for the RSC doing doing wind screens, I think. And
1: yeah,
2: I don't. It's, I find it's a nice. I get a better feeling from players like this who've come from. From like from non-league and having to mm. play for the love of the game to a certain extent, versus people who maybe we get on loan from Chelsea or whatever who've been on twenty grand a week since they were seventeen, and yeah. you can tell are not all that arsed. Like yeah, Beckford yeah. seemed Beckford wanted it, and when he and even when he left because he left, obviously straight after Scott getting us promoted, I think it was pretty much on good terms. There were a few people who were like, "Oh, we should we should, we should stick around here," but he got his mm. move to the Premier League with Everton. Did all right. He pro- did all right for him. Probably got a bit, and even like it's weird, like, you don't normally feel good when a player leaves your club no. to become a millionaire. But weirdly, I felt sort of like he deserved it for what he'd done for us. I was like, no, do you know what? You've been on RAC money and, yeah. Ken, ba- <laughs> Ken, and Bates Ken Bates, Bates. Ken Bates contracts. Like, if Everton want to pay you 25 grand a week and give you a million pounds signing on fee, best of luck to you. Like, good yeah. luck. <laughs> and, was... he, and he never was, he was never asked about playing against us either, which was good. Yeah, that's great. He loves it, doesn't
1: he? He loves getting away from the, uh, the cough end and stuff. But, <laughs> I was amazed Bates didn't sell him in that second season the fact the first time he put a transfer request in was agent yeah
2: was, yeah well he was', he
1: was a bunch of money for him then
2: yeah Newcastle were always rumored weren't they yeah. it was the the summer we got promoted he was put on the transfer list because mm. he he wouldn't sign a new contract then the season started and we took him off then in the January he requested a transfer again yeah I think I missed some some Newcastle interest so' I mean, it's, it's an odd story Beckford's because the way he, to hear him now you would think he never did that as well. I do sort of think that. I think didn't you put in some transfer requests at some <laughs> at some point. But you did try and get out at some stage, but you know, equally I think he's he recognises that it Leeds was the defining club of his career as well. So yeah. well he did he did alright Everton has done I think he's won he's won the playoffs. I think he did he win the playoffs for Preston or someone? I can't remember. He's he's won some promotions elsewhere and mm-hmm. scored some goals, but he's never done anything that's going to get in the recognition that he did at Leeds, and he's he's one of those, I think, that in a way he recognises he was lucky to play for Leeds, yeah. being where we were, because he knows that if we'd been a, a Champions League team, he never gets that opportunity, so I think he's grateful to have had that that chance to have played for a big club, even though at the time we were an absolute shambles. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Ali, do you remember much of Jermaine Beckford? Probably not from the League One times. No, no. I remember the goal against United. Yeah. Obviously, kind
0: of, where he rose to fame outside of Leeds, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: and remember Everton signing him because, obviously, it was kind of, kind of a mocking point, especially from the personal point of view from the club. You oh, know, like, yeah. we are signing to
1: where they were looking at. Um, signing Torres and their signing players from League One. Yeah.
0: Um But, as you say, he, he did all right. Um He, he got... Eight league goals that season. He scored against, he scored against Liverpool at Anfield in a derby. Nice. So you, Everton fans will always love him. Um, I don't really remember much of the the Leicester and and beyond days. Um,
1: I think the, t- but- the times away from Everton, well after Everton's, when he became more of a hero for Leeds fans because every time he turn up, he wouldn't be bothered about playing against us. And <laughs> who was he playing for when he had to be
2: subbed off? That was that was Leicester, I think. <laughs> I think he started doing the Leeds salute to the cup and. <laughs> Completely failed to jump for a corner, and I think it probably was Nigel Pearson in charge, just yeah. hooked him straight off. He was like, He's taking cool. the, absolutely taking the piss of me. <laughs> yeah,
1: you've got to appreciate that little player, don't you? <laughs> Where,
0: where's the fans would? but
2: No, that
1: brilliant. that's brilliant. That is a really strong team. I like your and Beckford up front, maybe not the, the most work rate, but you've got that in midfield.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit concerned about your Beckford, and Letitia, to be honest, but <laughs> yeah. You better hope that midfield the water running. yeah, speed and barrier Yeah,
1: picking up their their, their workload, you find Which players just missed out then? He makes
2: uh, the few,
1: bench,
2: a few leads ones in there. Oli de could have been my holding midfielder oh, yeah. equally because I think he was a really classy player. Uh also from that team, Viduca is probably worth a mention, as you said. Like didn't again another player who was not completely appreciated at the time because I think people said he was lazy and Yeah. I think having Alan Smith on the same pitch as him sometimes did make Viduka look lazier because Smith's game was all about charging into corners and stuff. But then yeah. Smith never had anything like the finesse in front of goal or the, the close first touch and stuff. Viduka could, for such a, it's complete cliche, but for such a big fella, he could always find space. And he yeah. didn't do it with pace, but he just had he just had that touch that he could sell, sell a player one way and spin the other way. Mm. And it was enough Time for him to do whatever he needed to do. So, um, so yeah, that he's in there as well. Um, you from can other include, people, you can that,
1: include some uh, non-retired players in this in this list if you want as well.
2: Oh, okay, <laughs> Yeah, pa- Pablo Calvin goes in then as well for uh, for his just for his Bielsa revival because he's. Yeah, I don't know about you, but like he was one of those players that I always thought was fine. Mm. But equally, I would have never been that upset or surprised if we'd sold him. Like if but if a moment left. Yeah, a bit like that. Like, if if one summer we'd been told that Middlesbrough had bought him for one and a half million pounds, I'd yeah. have been like, oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough, bit of a shame. But then Bielsa got hold of him and it's just turned him into this... It, well, he didn't have a job before. Different managers used to play him in different places and yeah. he never really settled anything. Bielsa's obviously... even. I think, this is what I is remarkable about Elster is that he can watch videos of people as he did at Leeds. Like he'd watched all of our games before arriving, mm. and he'd watched Calvin Phillips playing in the wrong position and gone, "If we just move him to there and get him to do stuff like this, yeah. he'll be really good at that." He can be, a and center he was, back if needs be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which no one, no one would have thought, would they? Like yeah. I never, I never watched him playing as number ten and thought he'd do a job at centre back. This lad, yes. <laughs> I don't understand football as well as, <laughs> as well as Beelsa, so which is no shaming because I think he's like got a, a strange brain for stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, so Phillips gets on the bench for that. Although um, I suppose there's a couple of of other Premier League Leeds era players as well. I always had quite a lot of respect for the Arsenal team that were mm-hmm. that were beating scum at the time, like Patrick Vieira, Dennis Bergkamp, Thierry Henry. Really used to like enjoy watching those players. Yeah. I think I think partly because at the time. It was off in Arsenal against Man U for titles and stuff and I was always pretty much rooting for Arsenal in those so
1: it's annoying they that we gave
2: beat me... him twice to give Scum two titles, isn't it? Yeah, it was <laughs> a bit of a shame in some ways, but <laughs> I enjoyed those games. I mean in fairness we needed to win one of them as yeah, well, didn't really. we? The, um, the relegation one. But yeah, that Hasselbank one when we won at Ellen Road was completely needless. That was yeah. just us being that was just us being dicks. <laughs> which is what leads do best in a lot of uh, a lot of respects. So yeah, Brazilian Ronaldo you mentioned as well, mm. just another player that I absolutely loved watching. Like during that, I think it was admittedly partly based around a, a Nike advert, but I absolutely <laughs> loved Ronaldo and some of the stuff he could do. Like they, this, even now when you watch some of the clips of him in his Barcelona era, there's one where he bursts through players. Yeah, like the the, the sheer pace he had in his early days, and even his his fatter days towards the end, he still had a great touch and actually wasn't particularly slow considering. No. He was he was a bit more of a unit, but the player he was in those early days at Barcelona where he could just he could just pivot and run through people and he was he was more or less impossible to foul as well. Like there's so many clips where people are trying their best to just boot him and knock him yeah. down, but he can just ride a tackle like no one else. Yeah, his goal
1: score so, records ridiculous.
2: Yeah. And an honourable mention for uh Sergio Aguero as well, just for the giving me the best end to a Premier League season I've <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> we can all agree for that one. Yeah, just oh, it was cool. one of those. It was one of the goals I've probably celebrated the most that wasn't a Leeds goal.
0: I might have celebrated that goal more than I've
2: celebrated any Liverpool goal. I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that meant so much.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a full like screaming running around the house job. It was like I can't believe it. Yeah. I can't <laughs> believe it. my wife's not at all interested in football and I'm trying I was trying to explain it to her and she's just did not <laughs> care did not care in the slightest <laughs> uh,
1: I'd
2: have Gazza in. I'd have Gazza in there as well just from uh, again for a year probably not a deal with the scotsman here but just for his year in 86 contributions that I remember well just because I was I really like that team yeah he was a... that, that period of Gazza was fantastic
1: that is some team Michael thank you very much for coming on pleasure um, would you want to you give your a plug before you uh, before we finish off?
2: I mean, if you're a Leeds fan, uh, hopefully you'll know you'll know of the Square Ball anyway. If you if not, and you want to hear some Leeds fans talking, at the moment we're mainly talking about uh, like not a lot, but we're trying our best to keep a podcast going on the meagre news, we're slightly laughing at um, Norwich and Brighton fans trying to, <laughs> they, trying to pretend they shouldn't get relegated. So, but yeah, the Square dot net, or just search for the Square Ball in any of your podcast apps and Enjoy. stuff will we'll appear in there.
1: Thank you very much, Ali. Let's uh, round this one off then.
2: Yes. Um, well,
0: yes. Ross, what about yourself? Where can I find you on Twitter? Uh, at rossbell 1984, and I'm at Ali Thompson 84. Um, and I will not plug anything specific podcast-wise because break the fourth wall. But we're we're obviously recording this a few weeks before it's going to be released, yeah. so just check out Man in the Post on all social media platforms. Chris keeps that up to date fairly regularly. And listen to all the latest shows. And then when you find the ones you like, just go back and listen to all the historic ones as well if they take your fancy. Um, But no, thank you again for joining us, Michael. No worries. And Ross, again, thanks for for, for stepping in in Ryan's shoes. So I'll just say goodbye now. And always remember to keep your man in the post.